Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's it, Pete? Yeah. Time for a fine time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Bet365. I'm Marcus Christopher Speller. That's Luke Aaron Moore. Hello. That's Jimmy Campbell. Hello. And that's Pete Diggory Donaldson. Oh, you chicken heads, be quiet! Hello, everybody. Lovely to have you with us. It's the Football Ramble preview show, of course, before we get on to that quite magnificent performance by Liverpool. Mm. Uh, the sad passing of Ray Wilkins. Yeah, I think we should start the show mm. mentioning that. A very, very sad loss to football and the football community as a whole. Like a, a fantastic player in his time and you know, a really, really nice man as well. Marcus, you and I were fortunate enough to, uh, mm-hmm. to work with him on occasion. Um, a nice word and a smile for everyone. Absolutely. The, I think it's always nice... To, when when the, the tributes come in, that people rem, remember him as obviously a great player and so on, but as a great man, and, and a lot of mm. talk of him being a gentleman and humble and so on, and that, that was very much true, Luke. Oh, that the was few my... times that I worked with him, absolutely the case, and he made you feel like he was almost like an old friend, or you got on straight yeah. away. And and not all uh, people who work in the media are like that. No, you know? not all ex pros are like that. For sure, <laughs> you two aren't like that. No, <laughs> and, and not all uh, not all media people are like that. Um, that was the voice of, of course, our colleague there, Pete Donaldson, who can on occasion be very difficult to work with, yes. for example. Almost on exclusively. Ca- yeah. yeah, on occasion. But no, genuinely, though, yeah. joke, joking aside, yeah, because, yeah. you know, it is a sad loss. And only 61 uh, as well. No, yeah. no age, really, at all these days. What a player. He played for, of course, Man United, Chelsea and... Milan. And, and Milan, of course. Franco Baresi came out with a tribute yesterday, which, which tells you everything you need to know about how well he was rated as a player. The head of the Milan derby, you know. Indeed. Um, but a real sad loss... Because obviously a man's passed away, but also a link to those truly great players back in the day as well. I remember the first time I was ever able to spend time with with Ray. Um, he, he told me a great story about what it was like to play against George Best. Mm. And I'm so mm. sad for his family and his friends first and foremost. But I'm also sad because that sort of link is lost. Those sort yeah. of stories, yeah. they're not going to be told forever, those stories. No, you know, no one in this room is, is, is lucky enough to have ever seen George Best play because we're too young. Ray played against him, you know, and that was such a, an amazing story to hear and um, very, very sad, very sad. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, growing up in Scotland, he played for Rangers for a bit, of course, and then came back and played for Hibs. Mm. And what a player he was to, to... Walked into the team at about 40, didn't he? Yeah, but a, a real class act on and off the pitch. And I, I, I always find it so inspiring when people remember him, as I said, for being humble and a gentleman and so on and so forth. And I often think... More people should be like that. Well, he, he sort of contacted with me starting to really love football. So it was like when he was kind of at QPR, I suppose. Yeah. I still remember him best from. Yeah. And, and the Tango advert, of course. Yeah. Tango yeah. Advert. yeah. But Pete, he did say, he, he famously said, and I think someone, one or two people might have shared the clip, 
um, yesterday when when the sad news came through. He said, I say to all the young players, um, you've got to be the nicest man in the world off the pitch. But mm-hmm. On the pitch, you've got to be something different. You've got to be mm. competitive. You've got to be tough. Yeah. But there's no excuse to not be a good guy off it. And the amount of outpouring of, of pretty much just everyone who's ever oh, come every, into contact like, with him, no one's got a bad word to say about right. it. And, and, no and more than that, nobody's staying silent. Everyone's going, yeah. oh my God, he was the best man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you get that impression even from seeing seeing him as a pundit or, or yeah. a co-commentator. Just, he, he was Jim, sort of radiated he, a warmth. He was just a lovely fella. You know, for, for people like, I mean, when we, when we, you, Marcus and I started doing radio stuff, no one really knew who we were. And, you know, why would they? And, and, and Ray didn't know who we were at all. But he would be so welcoming. And, you know, you, you do get a certain type of, of man in that situation. He didn't care if we had standing or not. He would be, like, territorial and be like, mm. oh, this is my studio. Mm-hmm. He was always so welcome and so lovely. And, 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 and I'll remember him fondly because um, the, the experiences I had of him in a professional um, environment were, were, were universally positive. And, and like I say, my condolences, all our condolences to his mm-hmm. family and his friends. Absolutely, yeah, very much missed. Um, right then, let's, uh, let's move on to the football that happened this week. And my goodness, uh, we have to start with Liverpool. Uh, what a performance, one of the performances of the season by Jurgen Klopp's clan. And no manager has a record like Jurgen Klopp does against Pep Guardiola. It is stunning. Mm. And Anfield, when you see Anfield like that, they talk about the European Knights and so on and so forth. That's bloody one of them right there. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was an amazing performance. From, from before the game, it was a little raucous. Yeah, so obviously you're going to get people who are going to go over the top. I mean, they want to they make it an intimidating atmosphere. They want to make it hard for the away team to come there and, and feel comfortable. And I get all that. Of course, sometimes people go over the top and that stuff was regrettable. And I think Liverpool as a club actually went quite quickly to, to, towards yeah. dealing with that. Don't waste Copperberg. I just think that no. if you're going to... Liverpool fans, they hate it when people park the bus there. <laughs> yeah, and they're going like to take it. action. Mm. Mm. But, you, but the performance itself... Marcus, I don't know if you tweeted that independently to me messaging you it mm-hmm. about that first half an hour. was Given the context of the game, it's a big game, last stage of the Champions League, Manchester City are you know, really the best team in England consistently across the season, well, certainly domestically. For Liverpool to play like that, not only to score three and a half an hour, but to shake City to their very core, to, to the point where they didn't really know what to do. It's the first time I've seen City sort of lose their heads a little bit. Ruddy magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Wilson, uh, our brother-in-arms, once uh, he said in his uh, a, a very good piece he wrote about the game that, uh, that people believe that Manchester City might have a soft underbelly yeah. protected by their possession, and Liverpool went straight for it. Mm. And my goodness, they got joy and success out of that. It was beautiful. Yeah, they just they just just flew right into them. Starting Gundogan on the left, on oh, sorry on the right was a, was a thing that uh, Jonathan spoke about as well, which is unusual uh-huh. um, tactical decision from Guardiola in such a big game, and it yeah. seemed to backfire massively. But it's just that relentless that relentless kind of energy mm. and, and surge that Liverpool have. Um, it, it just it, it, they just overawed them. It was similar to the game at Anfield before, obviously, where they, they just sort of dominated it. But the worry, obviously, mm-hmm. um, is that Liverpool's frail defence would would come back to haunt them. But they they seem to have genuinely solved that problem. And well, Klopp deserves a lot of credit for that. I, I think that uh, <laughs> this is going to sound a little bit silly, but if if you know what I mean. The second half was almost as impressive as the first half from Liverpool. Oh, absolutely was. And, and what I mean by Two that is... Two very different performances. Yeah. yeah, extremely different performances, but of course, context is, is key. Uh, so they go out, blitz them quite magnificently in the first half. I mean, it was utterly glorious. If you are a neutral, or basically if you're not a Manchester City fan, you're on your feet there, yeah. loving every minute of that, cause you just, or an Everton fan, of course. Um, in the second half, I remember thinking to myself, how on earth are they going to approach this? Yeah. Because defensively, they're not great. They're, they're improved, but they're still not great. I genuinely saw them shipping a couple of goals. Well, I, I, did, I did as well. Half time. I thought to myself, I think Liverpool will hold on for the win here, but 3-1, it's a good score. 
but you know it's yeah. not as good. And three two again, you know, you take a win and and so on. But really, to not lose an away goal is is uh, always your priority. And and, look, and, and luckily for uh, Liverpool, Man City just seemed to want to put everything through Sane. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Should we just give him the ball and see what he can do? It was well, bizarre, wasn't it? It was so weird. Every Let's, ball went to him. Well, they were trying to probably uh, look at Trent Alexander. They're trying to isolate him, basically. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and, and uh, didn't work. And big Trent was like all day. <laughs> yeah, all day, bruv. He stood up to it. What was extra impressive, I think, about the sort of the display in the second half um, was how, despite the fact they obviously they they took the sting out of the game and tried to just control it and and, and take the lead effectively. Even with that in mind, they still look the more likely to score. They really, really kept mm-hmm. City at arm's length. I don't think they had a shot on target, no, which they is didn't. absolutely phenomenal. I, th- I think they, I think they, sh- I think it wasn't just a, an impressive three goals in the first half an hour. I think it went further than that because I think it shook City's belief. And yeah. one thing that's been very good for them this season, instilled in them by the coach and, and by the fact that they've been brilliant and they've got lots of good players, um, it's their belief and it, and it was totally. sh- their belief in believing in what they were doing, if you like was shaken by it. And I think at, at half-time, I think Guardiola probably said to them, you've got to get a goal. You've got to get a goal here. If, if, even if we lose this 4-1, we, we, we need a goal. And, and, and I think Klopp probably knew Guardiola was going to say that and then said, look, they're going to come at you now and you've mm-hmm. got to stand firm. And Liverpool did stand firm. Mm-hmm. And Jim's right because it was almost because City's belief was sh- shaken in the first half, they were almost a bit reticent to try anything different because they thought we could get caught out here badly. Yeah. So they kept... And I also thought, I mean, it's easy to, to say, and, and, and I do understand because Guardiola's had such success in the past as a manager, that he does get an awful lot of criticism when he gets something wrong, more than other managers do. Um, so I'm aware of that. But I do think he was trying to be way too clever with his, with his selection. I mean, putting Laporte at left back yep. and, and not playing Sterling. I know Sterling's had his problems with the Liverpool fans, but I mean, you've got to trust your best players mm. to get on with it. They looked a little bit better when Sterling came on and Sterling perhaps should have had a penalty. Um, even though I thought you know Robertson had a, a very good game, yeah. but that one could have been a pen. I thought that there was a decision early on. I can't remember who um, did it, but like a Man City player just blocked off, uh, it blocked off the Liverpool surge, and there was just no cards. The referee seemed very reticent to put, take his hand out of his pocket. Yeah, he booked some players a bit more later on in the game when Liverpool mm. were trying to slow the game down and that kind of kind of stuff. But, but Liverpool showed, and, and Klopp's team loved this. Just pressed. Them. We talked about this, Marcus, on the show. We it, talked about difficult. it time and time again. You've got to upset their rhythm. You've got to get in well, they, amongst them. They you didn't let to. Manchester City get into their flow. And it's so difficult to do. But when they play as a unit like they did, you know, the, you, you remember um, when, when Chile were an excellent side, it was like a, the people just think like them to a swarm of bees. Yeah. And they'd all, like a unit, move around the pitch. That was Liverpool last night. And especially when they defended 10 players behind the ball. Yeah. And I thought it was quite interesting when Vincent Company, or Vinny Company, as Steve McManaman kept uh, calling him on the commentary, he said after the game, you know, and you could tell that he was in sort of slight disbelief and a bit annoyed. And he said, well, you know, we dominated that second half. And I thought, well, only because they let you, only because they were yeah. happy for that, because their not, job was done in the first half. Not in the box, you didn't. No, certainly not. not. On the slide. You were taking pot shots from 30 yards, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't <laughs> say you dominated the second half if you didn't have a shot on target. I mean, yeah. dominated no, possession. But it's fine, you, you give the ball up, and the way Liverpool defended in those numbers was superb. Mm. Superb. I, I, was, I was particularly impressed with... Um, with Oxlade Chamberlain without the ball, yeah, I mean he he looked absolutely fantastic. He is, imp- I mean, you know, we 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 suggested, and as many others did, and it was understandable at the time that it was a bit of a sideways move from Arsenal to Liverpool. Well, my goodness, Ooh. he's having a, he's having a great time, isn't he? Yeah. You know, latter stage of the Champions League, one foot in the semi final, uh, and and he's playing the type of football that he should have been playing before. He's in the central role, okay, not. 
it's a bit difficult to say what a central role is when you have a midfield three. And all. More so than he was before. Much more, he's not on the wing, no, is, is what I'm it saying. So, often with I the mean, got, players, how, it, how much fun they have when they're in the centre. Well, I'm getting so much more ball, I can, I can show what I can, what I can do. Yeah, yeah, I, appreciate oh, he was, I appreciate he was put I, I, up I, I onto the wing when, when Seller went off, but you know what I mean. And also, we, we don't, there's no need to use this particular game as a jumping off point to sort of criticise Arsenal, because you know, they're, they're playing tonight, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about them on Monday after the weekend. But the difference between uh, playing for a manager who is in the prime of his management at a club and everyone knows their jobs and there's a, there's a project Arsenal are drifting at the mm. moment so it's it's understandable that some of the players are going to drift themselves when the, the leadership mm-hmm. issue is, is still a question that needs to be answered for him to slot into a, a sort of well-functioning unit mm. um, where the manager knows exactly what he wants to do um, is obviously going to make a world of difference to a player like him but his I, I wasn't picking him out just because he scored a great goal I just thought he, he was so diligent um um, in that midfield, because you expect that from Milner and Henderson, you know what you're going to get with them. But I thought it would be a shame if Oxlade Chamberlain well, went under the radar with the, the ball because he was start, every bit as good. At the start of the season, not everyone would have. I know it's. I seem reticent to talk about England when you're talking about Liverpool versus Man City. Never feel reticent. No. To talk True about enough. England. All right, let's talk. About, all right, you've twisted my arm. Let's talk about England. no. At the start of the season, not, some people have said, "Oh, is Oxlade Chamberlain? Is he worthy of getting on that England jet?" Whereas now. People like we found a bigger thinking, jet. Yeah, we found a bigger jet. No, people are thinking he's probably a starter. And well, that, he, that's he's certainly a, he's certainly a sort of a, a very very good option from the bench at the very least. He's forcing his way into contention because his problem at Arsenal yeah. was that you know he he didn't have end product. Uh-huh. Perhaps it was because it was well, he never defined position. Well, what no, about that midfield three for Liverpool? Hendo, Milner, Oxlade Chamberlain. There you go. His goal, Oxlade Chamberlain's goal, was interesting because I think the City players thought a free kick was going to be given against them, and they didn't come, and they they just took that sort of split second of hesitation that he exploited, mm. and, and just you know what a shot. He still had a lot to do. <laughs> Fair to say they were punished. Absolutely, but I think, you know, Liverpool were already in their heads at that point. That is a drop of concentration from four or five players is not something you associate with a Pep Guardiola team. No. So like, how, how do Liverpool approach the second leg, do you think? Because it feels well, like the well, tie's quite, over, doesn't well, quite it? Yeah. But that's no, a dangerous I, place to be. I don't think the tie is over in any stretch of the imagination. Bearing, like, quite apart from they're losing Henderson and probably Salah as well because yeah. he limped off. And it's only... Salah said he was, all, he was fine. Yeah, all right, OK, well, that's going to happen it, on Tuesday. Yeah, but Henderson's a It best. could be a completely different game. Man City might... Man City are not going to have an off day like that again, I mm. don't think. And it's going to be... They've I, also I, beaten Liverpool 5-0 this yeah, but I, to be I, fair though, Mane was sent off in that, well, that game. Can that was pre Van Dyke. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would not discount Man City scoring four goals. I, well, listen, I just can't. I just Liverpool can't. are now eleven to two to win this season's Champions League. So ten pound with Bet three six five will return sixty five pound, including stake, should they go all the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I agree with you, Peter. I don't think the tie's over, and I don't think anyone would think that really. Uh, but the Etihad can get a bit nervy, and yeah. but, on, but on that, European... that helps. But everyone sort of fearing that I think helps Liverpool. It plays <laughs> in Liverpool's hands because they're like, well, we're going to have to go for it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to go for it again. Try and get an early goal and then defend like uh, Obilio. Yeah, they, they, Liverpool, Obilio. Can, <laughs> Liverpool can can hopefully just try and pick them off. They're, mm, they're not yeah. under any. But I, I think it, I, I would imagine Klopp will just get them to play their normal game. I expect because if you if you do that. The likely scenario is they're going to, you know, they're going to exchange a, a three-two or a three-all draw, yeah. and that's fine for Liverpool. Absolutely. Uh, how do they approach the Merseyside derby that kicks things off in the Premier League this weekend with glee? I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a, what a terrible time to be Everton. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have last thing you want. They haven't beaten Liverpool since 2010. Can Sam Allardyce inspire the troops? I mean, bear in mind well, they I, were hammered by Manchester City. Yeah, I got, a, I got a bit of criticism for saying that the only way to beat City and to upset City 
is to sort of try and attack them and go for their rhythm. And then I criticised Everton for playing well, quite an attacking line-up. It? Everton aren't very good. No. That's the problem. Obviously, there are only a certain amount of teams who can do it. Yeah. And Everton don't appear to be one of those teams. We're going to one of them. They are. Well, they were, but they couldn't beat Portsmouth well, last weekend, could they? <laughs> <laughs> Palace upset their rhythm very well as well. It's a good point. Jurgen Klopp himself said that if you, you know, if you sit back against City, you're, you're basically you're hoping to win the lottery, I think was what he said, because yeah. you know they're going to get chances and you're just hoping they're going to miss them. So mm. the best way is to get in amongst it. But mm. you know, It's easy to say when you've got a load of quite, really good players. Though. Absolutely. But do you think Allardyce will do the same he did against City? Just try and go for the jugular? No, I would I like that. to see that. I think, I think Everton, I don't, I don't really know, but I think Everton will be beaten. I, I, think, what I, think will happen. Yeah, I do agree with that, but <laughs> Liverpool will surely have to rest a few players because that pressing game against Man City that they play, and they will have to do it again uh, yeah. soon enough, that takes an awful lot out of you. Then, well, so. They've got a 10-point cushion in terms of their top four ambitions. Well, they'll, they'll finish top yeah, four. Yeah, so you, you wouldn't You've be got, surprised if they do rotate a little bit. They have to prioritise Champions League now, if, if not already. And they're you, a great cup side as well. And given that it's a Saturday lunchtime kickoff, those games can be quite pedestrian. You wouldn't be surprised to see a low-scoring game and Liverpool rotate a few players, uh, maybe a draw or something like that. Yeah. But um, Liverpool's priority will be get, finishing that job next week during, during the week. Definitely, definitely. Are we ready to move on to the other derby that's happening? Yeah, sure. Which involves Manchester City. They can mm. pick themselves right up and uh, and beat Manchester United. Although, can Jose Mourinho save face and postpone Guardiola winning his first English league title? He'd like nothing better. <laughs> he will make this a really, really tight, snippy game. Though, he will try and get in, get in City's heads to try and sort of postpone that party for a Jim, little while. Jim, is it fair think? to say he would have taken absolutely no inspiration from Liverpool's performance? <laughs> no, it, he yeah. will pack the midfield, pack the defence and do nothing up front. Lukaku yeah. won't even play. Could, could he blow, the, um, could he blow the, um, the title race wide open? with a win <laughs> and reduce it to 13 points that's what I'd like to know he might yeah. well do I this, think... this Liverpool match might knock their confidence might have knocked their confidence massively it might go massively off the rails imagine wow it. don't pick up another point <laughs> Marcus do you expect uh, Mourinho to, uh, to upset the party I, uh, well I think they'll give it a, a bloody good go but, but will Man City rest players I mean I suppose it's not as big a deal because they have such a, such a great squad mm. um, I'm more interested in that Manchester City um, seem to have got a deal with Tinder now. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, well, yeah. after, after talks with Manchester United broke, uh, broke down, so you, <laughs> which is quite fitting if you think about it. Even Tinder yeah. thinks that he's sexy than United. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it would be a sleeve sponsor, so Everton have Angry Birds, yeah. or have had Angry Birds, I haven't checked recently. Yeah, they have, I think, yeah. Yeah, they certainly did this season, and, uh, and Tinder uh, were, were talking to Manchester United, and, uh, but that, that, they broke up or something, I don't know, and now Manchester <laughs> City will be uh, swiping right. So, is so it, which, on. which one is right and which one's left? I don't know. I, I think right, right is good. <laughs> Outrageous. You know I'm not allowed on there. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I found it quite amusing that, uh, yes, Tinder were like, oh, Man United. Actually, a more attractive uh, proposition yeah, has come yeah. along and we'll go there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that uh, it'll be a great game. And, and actually, really, for Manchester City... It is a wonderful opportunity because you're right, Luke. It did affect their confidence, and it didn't. It did affect the mood of those City players to see them out of out lost for ideas and and just sort of spraying the ball out to, to Sané and hoping for the best and thinking, hang on. And the one little criticism people say of Guardiola is he doesn't have a plan B because his plan A is so bloody good, right, and, and also because he's stubborn as well. He mm. is stubborn, but but you are. But there is something that if it doesn't go right for Guardiola, everyone goes ah, you see, mm. and you think. But it often takes an awful long time for Guardiola to get it wrong. And just by the law of averages, at some point they yeah. will, uh, something like that will happen. And you can say, oh, you should have started Sterling and whatnot. They're romping the league. You know, they've already won the League Cup. 
Uh, and they're still in the, the, the Champions League, although it was a wonderful performance from Liverpool um, that, that perhaps is uh, is going to put them out. Um, it, was but this... great, it was a great Champions League couple of matches. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. the, the, in the um, Real match, obviously. Yeah. Which was oh, absolutely huge. Like, indeed. You guys uh, spoke at length on, uh, on the continent, but... It's been, it, but it has I been wouldn't a... mind a crack. Nice <laughs> little kick. Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Move on. Yeah, go on. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, feet. He was seven foot two off the floor, Pete. Wow. When he hit it. That's that ridiculous, tall. isn't That's it? taller than you, Luke. It is. It's a foot is, taller is that, than me. Is that right? That's yeah, apparently that, he was, yeah. Andre the Giants' actual yeah. height, I believe. Marcus, can you... Okay, but what I was going to say about um, this game is for Manchester City, who will be sh- uh, shaken by that and potentially their confidence dented, for them to have a derby match to win the league. Yeah. What an opportunity to suddenly go, bang, oh mm. yeah, we're the bloody best team. It puts everyone in, in, in a great mood. There's a, there's, a, there's a celebratory, jubilant atmosphere around the Etihad and they're ready yeah. to take on Liverpool. Yeah, so, let's, so let's go finish the other job. Absolutely you know? right. Can and you... they're professional enough to do that, aren't they? The mentality they have... It, 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 I really believe that Guardiola can just get them ready again and they won't probably wobble. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you think you can read much from the game at Old Trafford? Where City like, dominated possession, dominated the game, really. I, I suspect that will happen. They only went 2 1. I mean, Manchester United might try and, and take the approach that they did against Liverpool when they came out. And to be honest, quite Liverpool like against Manchester City. You know, go out, try and hit them once or twice, get a goal, get in front, and then defend the lead. But that was at Old Trafford against a different opposition, Liverpool. I think, or perhaps they'll take the approach that his Chelsea side did when they used to go to Manchester City and just, just, uh, just frustrate them but it, and it, soak it, them it, up it, and then try and hit on the brain. Because so many teams are sort of blistering going forward, both domestically and, and in the Champions League now. It's. It, it, I know they're still second, and I know there's still a lot, a lot more football to be played in Mourinho's managerial career. But it does feel like he's been like massively left behind. It feels like the way he's going to set his team up against Man City at the weekend is almost going to seem quite old-fashioned. Mm. I would I would wait until you say Mourinho's been left behind. I do understand that, and we have talked about this, but it, it wouldn't be shocking if next season Mourinho and his side had a proper title It, it would be very Mourinho-like. Well, but we will find out, though, in the, in the next season or two if Mourinho has been left behind or not, and it's crunch time for him, which is why he's getting particularly antsy. And he won the treble last season, so it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> May United are 14-5 to five to spoil the pet party on Saturday evening. So £10 with Bet365 will return £38, including steak. We'll all look forward to that one, won't we? Certainly will. Certainly will. Let's have some correspondence with our friend and yours, PTD. I'm a friend to many, an enemy to some. Yeah. Uh, hello to... Uh, oh, my phone's gone funny. Casper de Bure. De Bure. Casper. Casper de Bure. Thank you, Casper. Hello, Ramblers. On the topic of dads are behaving badly at football games. I think we had one a little uh, while ago. I thought I would share one of my most bizarre experiences of uh, my childhood. As a 16-year-old, I decided to start refereeing youth games for some pocket money. I was refereeing a game in the second division Somerset Youth League between Hamilton FC and another team. Uh, after uh, having already told two lines on that their services would no longer be required after they threw <laughs> C words and F words at children no older than 14, oh. one lad went down injured 10 minutes from the end of the game. As his father walked on uh, to see if he was okay, another father, presumably from the other team, screamed, your kid is a fat bastard. <laughs> Oh a full-scale brawl broke out with punches flying left and right. A senior referee advised me to call the game to a close, which I did. Now the story gets very bizarre. When on the pitch next to me, another game was being watched by none other than Peter Andre. <laughs> oh. so, was he involved in the? In no, he wasn't involved in the scuffle. But you think with those pecs, he'd probably be able to deal He's with. He's probably there with some yeah. mysterious girl. Right. Wouldn't he? Hey. Hey. Like, any more of their other songs? Yeah. Are <laughs> you? Uh, hard to think of one, isn't I've it? Got nothing. Oh, uh, Insania. Oh yeah, mm. Insania. I don't remember that one. 
It's insane. Yeah. It's after we went into the jungle, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, la- latter day Andre. I'm, I'm pre jungle Andre. You're, you're more of a purist. <laughs> yeah, latter day Andre sent. Yeah. Um, Ian McMillan. <laughs> Hello, Ian. That was good, Pete. Hi, guys. It wasn't. Uh, it, with the continued need for the ramble, I always do that, Marcus, so I don't know why you say it. Uh, with the continued need for the ramble to seek diversified uh, commercial opportunities, can I suggest a pop up airline? Specifically designed to take the English squad to the World Cup, it'd be more glamorous than t-shirts and razors. Get lost, Ian. <laughs> we'll be us, and you'll be you. Yeah. Uh, since Ramble Worry Airlines... about yourself, Ian. You <laughs> lippy prick. <laughs> since Ramble Airlines would only have two flights every four Hang years. Hang about. I would like to say before anyone, I was talking about Ramble Airlines years ago. You yeah. were actually. That's true. Right. So yeah. if if it ends up, it's not his idea. Two flights. Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal our idea and try and sell it two, back to us. Two flights every four years. We've got to go to the Euro. We're Euro tunneling it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it could focus about uh, having the very best customer services so the flight on Ramble Airlines might go something like this the aircraft we only use the Air- Airbus uh, 380 uh, even in business class only configuration it has a capacity of 300 uh, nice. however the plane is completely full after Marcus found a FIFA loophole that mar- allowed a larger than normal squad to f- travel John is not on the flight hey boy, uh, the flight crew <laughs> the flight crew Captain Pardew and First Officer Carver will be responsible for our safe arrival in Russia uh, after Pardew's agent failed to secure a premiership role for the uh, next season, he decided on a career change. Really? Uh, Captain Pardew yeah, assures us that at his stage in his career, we don't need to be concerned about any new pilot bounce. No. So there you go. <laughs> Cabin- turbulence. Yeah. Cabin- turbulence, that was a new pilot bounce. <laughs> Pardulence. <laughs> yeah. Cabin crew. Cabin manager Ronaldinho. It's only problematic when Maradona gets found unconscious in the toilet and Ronaldinho... Why are they even on there? Why is Maradona on there? Ronaldinho will only talk to female cabin staff. Maradona does not want to be on a flight with a lot of England players. By the way... (laughs) Kevin Keegan better not be involved in this. No. Yeah. If he is, that's out. If Don Hutchison's got it, guys, shut out. That's out of order. Finally, for now, amenities. The squad will arrive in Russia feeling super fresh due to an unlimited supply of Pete's favourite skincare range, Upper Class Grease. There we are. So there we go. I don't Thank like you very this. He's taken my idea. Yeah. What, and fleshed it out and made it work? He's made it worse. Thank you, Ian, for that. If you <laughs> want to get into the Ian. show, shortthefootballramble.com. There we are. Right, we're going to talk about West Brom and Stoke and other teams that are fighting relegation after this. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favourite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
the pass in the Red Sea. People just went, whoop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show, sponsored by Bet365. Marcus, can I just say, not even West Brom fans want to hear about West Brom at the moment. Really? Nah. But I think we all want to hear about it when big Mick McCarthy's been linked with a West Brom job. <laughs> I couldn't believe my luck. Yeah. <laughs> Old misery face. Have you got a, have you got a Mick, misery face? Have you got a Mick full of the joys of spring quote? Uh, funnily enough, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's due to leave Ipswich at the end of the season, of course. He's a little disillusioned at Ipswich, saying... <laughs> I've never been in a driverless car and I never want to go in one, which is classic that McCarthy. Is incredible, isn't yeah. it? No curiosity at all. But I would imagine it feels like how I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. Which is great. And then, that's um, probably how the Ipswich fans is, have been feeling for the last few years as well. He should be driving. He's the manager. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think that's his. Yeah. He said yeah. that a little part of him has died. Wow. Yeah. A little part of This is also left. while saying that he's interested in the job. <laughs> while he's but still a little, a little part of him has died. He's managing the club. Incredible. He's still there. Yeah, um, and, he told, and he told. Obviously, he told his own fans to f off earlier in the season. Of course, he did. It's nice yeah. to see. Well, there's concern at West Brom that uh, Mick McCarthy might go there, but also that he used to manage Wolves. Although Steve Bruce previously at Birmingham is having a, a decent time at Villa Park. Mick McCarthy isn't worried about that, though. He said the Albion that would piss a few people off, wouldn't it? But you know me, I like pissing people off. <laughs> Who's going to employ this man? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, an endless string of clubs. Yeah, because <laughs> that's how football works. Yeah. Poor old West. I mean, as if they've not had it bad enough. <laughs> Although you never know, Big Mick could ride into town and sort it all out. Well, he won't be able to, will he? Because they're, they're going to be relegated. Yeah. Well, maybe he's one for the championship. He knows the league very, very well. Yeah, I mean, that's surely the thing. The problem, though, when people say, oh, he knows the league well, you don't want to know You don't want to know the championship too well because you presumably you want to get out of there. Yeah, because it means you haven't better get out of it. You want to know the Premier League better. Mm. Uh, but maybe Mick, no, uh, Mick is on nodding terms with the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. if, if Mick saw the Premier League walking down the street towards him, he'd give him a nod, say, "How you doing? Nice yeah. to see you. How's your family?" But that's it. Don't ignore yeah. me. No. Ask Mrs. Premier League. <laughs> La Liga and the Premier League. Would go, you wait. None of your business. You don't even know her. Oh, he, he bloody well knows the World Cup, though, doesn't he? Mick yeah. does. Yeah. Get him back in there. Yeah. <laughs> even though there's no job at the moment for him. Uh, yes, but uh, West Brom. They're at home to Swansea City on Saturday. Um, it's a chance, I would say, for West Brom, but it's more of a chance for Swansea, really, uh, to put some distance between them and the bottom three. The bottom three, Stoke play Spurs, Southampton play Arsenal. Um, sorry, not the bottom three. Uh, uh, teams who in are... In relegation uh, danger. Yes, yeah. Yeah. who are in, the, in the, the, the bottom two. In the mix-up. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, that, is, that is a chance, because Swansea are favourites going into that game. I mean, for crying out loud, it doesn't seem that hard to beat West Brom at the moment. Stoke playing Spurs, you'd imagine Spurs would win there. Southampton away at Arsenal, you'd imagine Arsenal would win there. So a great chance for Swansea. And Swansea currently holding talks with uh, Big Carlos about extending his contract. Couldn't find a humorous quote from Carlos. He must have been asleep no. mm. uh, during... Those talks and, the, and, and he deserves like, a contract extension to be keeping in the Premier League because it's easy to forget now yeah. how sort of um, dodgy it was looking at Swans. They've been for a hell of a lot of managers over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I said on this show, I thought he could improve them, but he couldn't improve them enough to keep them in the league. Well, he has done that. I mean, he's done very, very well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're three points above Southampton at the, the, the moment of Swansea. Now, Southampton, um, oh, Southampton don't have a game in hand. They've got a game in hand on Palace and, and Huddersfield. But if they can win, which they are the favourites too, you'd imagine. And if Southampton fail to beat Arsenal, then then six points they go above them. Um, obviously, it depends on what Stoke do. But my goodness, you know, it could be a great weekend for, for Swansea. Crystal Palace have got a winnable game as well against Bournemouth, by the way. So if, if Crystal Palace win and Swansea win, it's, it's almost like the writing's on the wall for, 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 for a couple of those teams down there. Well, Huddersfield, you'd say they have a winnable game away to Brighton, but the way Brighton have been uh, playing... you know, Brighton this, are good at home. Yeah, they are good at home in Huddersfield. They can't score. I mean, Wagner might start to worry if they lose this one, although he seems pretty... Uh, 
He's pretty relaxed about pretty it. Pretty relaxed yeah. about it all. Well, West Brom are seven to five at Bet three six five to beat Swansea at the weekend. So ten pound will return twenty four pound, including the stake. Should the Baggies pick up their first win in the league since the thirteenth of January? Indeed, uh, a win. For <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> seems unlikely. Is the is their uh, pretty much almost their only win uh, since around August time? I think. My goodness. Mm. Um, a win for Spurs against Stoke uh, could put them well in the hunt for second place if Manchester City do them a favour. So it's a big weekend for Spurs as well. Considering Liverpool, there is a derby game. And yes, they've had a much better record than, than Everton in that derby, but they could rest a few players. It wouldn't be outrageous for the game to end. Well, yeah, it would probably if it ended a draw. We've had just talked up Liverpool massively. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Manchester United certainly could drop points. Yeah. And Spurs, you know, because second place, it makes all the difference mm. finishing either fourth or second. You don't want to go through any preliminary rounds or anything like right. that in the Champions League. Spurs are on the longest unbeaten run in the league as well, so they're highly motivated to sort yeah. of like, you know, get any advantage they can if United do slip up. Absolutely. They, they Stoke f- are going to struggle here, I think. Spurs finished last season astonishingly well. I think they won like six of their last seven and lost one. And do you remember the last their final two games of the Premier League season last year? And Kane scored like seven goals in two games. He's he took the Premier lot. League top scorers. He looked out of it. Yeah. He got three in the penultimate game and four in the final game. It was the final game against Harlow on 7-1, something like, like that. Mm, something so like Spurs that. do traditionally, based on last season at least, finish very, very strongly. Traditionally? I mean, didn't they get beat, what, five yeah. or six by season, Newcastle? season before that, they got munted. So munted? Six, six, 6-1 against 10-man <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> Already relegated 10-man yeah. Newcastle yeah. as well. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, oh, speaking of Newcastle, well... Not really, but uh, you see where I'm going to go. Are you going to bring up bloody Mitrovic again? No. Oh, though he did score midweek. I did. He did. (laughs) You've done it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Might have have placed a bet on him uh, being top scorer after last week's uh, Lukey odds. Don't give away what you're going to put in the envelope for our World Cup prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, actually. It's a highlight. It's a highlight of everyone's tournament. It means means more, though. Can (laughs) can the the, the immortal words? Your your top three, top five, (laughs) top ten quotes of ramble history, Pete. Obviously, trust is a two-way street and I can't drive, uh, was one. But another one was... That was obviously, so revealing of what, what goes on in his mind. What, what goes on here all the time. Yeah, true, yeah. But one particularly famous international theme one was just merely a penis will be seen. Yeah. And a penis can, was seen, so... Can no, it, wrong with tournament. Oh. Can it really be two years since you uttered those immortal words? Well, actually, he didn't say them. I, I mean, had the pleasure, but he wrote them down. This was in our World, uh, European Championship yeah. pre-tournament predictions. I mean, that very much sounds like I was writing stuff on the way to the studio, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, yeah. I can't research any... Uh, cock. Yeah. <laughs> but, Pete, you are, the, you are the sort of man who writes things on the... No, but hang on. Wall, aren't you? No, but, that, but the question was, name something that, that will happen, that will, that's something outrageous, something, you know, hmm. an occurrence, and, and you went straight for that. But that's fine. That's why. That's I think you why. went for drone, didn't you? You go for, for, for a drone. Oh, I think oh. I said uh, Michelle Platini in a wig and fake tash because yeah. he was banned from the tournament. Oh, right. Okay, like yeah, yeah, and yeah. I famously said that um, Portugal would win it and Ronaldo would be injured <laughs> in the final. <laughs> and a moth and would be try and eat his face. Yeah. Um, but Peter, I, this is I, I'm, you know, going to try and bring Newcastle into this. I saw a, a headline in a national newspaper that said Hatim Ben Arfa announces he will leave Paris Saint-Germain this summer but Winger doesn't appear too concerned as he plans to celebrate his birthday and considers bringing pizza into dressing room to anger the club (laughs) you showed me that the other day that entire sentence is the headline to this piece as well honestly I love it considers bringing pizza in you don't need to read the article no you've got to get that SEO in they've just ruined his plans but he's having a lovely time like he's just having a lovely time just chinning PSG off like PSG going uh, you, you're moving to Turkey and he's gone no I'm not 
Like, Do you know no. how much money you're paying me? I'm staying here. <laughs> no. he, hasn't, he hasn't played a game for a year, is that right? It's a shame. They hate he, him there. And because he, he did okay in his first season. I think he played a, a, a respectable amount of games. Is he a Rafa season. kind of player, Pete? Can you see that happening? No, no. Can you see Not Big Mike actually releasing the funds? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the first problem. And the second problem is if there's no room for Mitrovic, there's no room for Ben Arthur. No. Yeah. But how much more interesting would it be if he but got I think those Ben Arthur's two? probably more reliable than Mitrovic. How dare you? <laughs> Mitrovic is... You just had a bet on him for the top score of the World Cup. Uh, well, my opinions can change very quickly. Yeah. And, and, and also, they they're do. not reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's footballer's opinions are a two-way street. <laughs> Serbia <laughs> is a very different proposition in Newcastle. All right. For example, uh, they keep ru- they're, they're ruining our clocks at the moment. Serbia some- and Kosovo. They're having a battle, so all of our clocks are out of uh, whack by five minutes. At what? some point, um, right? in, yeah. in the vague past, I'm just going to gloss over that. I want that to they're, be explained. They're changing time. That that hurts. I think it's hurts. You know the rhythm of like the ele- electricity, direct current going back and forth. No, nope. right. or actually alternate, alternate current, current, yeah. current going back yeah. and forth. Um, because of Kosovo and um, and uh, Serbia having a bit of a argument, as they are wont to do. Yes, looking at the history, um, they have been one's been using too much energy, which has drawn the power down ever so slightly. Which means that all of the clocks that rely on that alternate current to keep time, like a clock. Connected to the mains, mm-hmm. uh, does not have that regular kind of rhythm. Is this why uh, Big rhythm. Ben's having repairs? <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. we're, we're, five min- Big we're five minutes down. So now people are dr- dis- deciding whether to, to bump it up by a couple of percent to make the clocks go faster for a couple of months or make it a bit lower. This why is, is this happening? I d- well, Pete, I d- why are we talking about this? Well, I we, don't know. But, but I find I, it I, incredible I, that... I throw it out there, you guys wanted a bit more. I yeah. find <laughs> that... You had a taste, you wanted more. Deal with it, all right? I, I, Deal I with the repercussions. Listen, I really... am the knowledge, uh, you know, trivia broken it, promise. But I find it incredible that that two very small nations have such power. I mean, if if Germany and France, dare I say, had a ding dong, would we would be hours out? Well, Germany would be screwed because they're. Massive. You turn up to work and they'd say, "Well, you're three hours late." Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> <hour. laughs> I just say, as Germany, as someone who does a Luke and Pete show, Pete, I didn't want to hear more. No, if anything, I wanted to hear less. You yeah. two wanted to hear more, but I remember in the vague, distant past, we were yeah. talking about Stoke, who are a massive eight to one to beat Spurs <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> Ten pound with bet three six five return. Ninety pound including stake. Should should they pull off an upset? At time of recording, it's kicking off at the same time. Yeah. yeah right. Nothing's changed. Well, there might be a power surge at half time. Get you their, never know. Get there five minutes early, because yeah. that could be yeah, a kick could off. Be kick the, off Brits yeah. aren't, the Brits aren't affected. Yeah, because Brexit, mate. Good Brexit, mate. Whee! Justification. Right uh, one wouldn't argue. Um, but yes, but Stoke do need a win. And Luke, I know you've been quite, uh, uh, well truthful one might say one might say <laughs> harsh about Stoke but it would be truthful because they are in the relegation zone they played well against Arsenal but they were beaten 3-0 which they will take some heart from but yet if you play well and were beaten 3-0 it is a bit of a kick in the ghoulies well they've won yeah. one game since the end of October uh, two, I think no so that's not right is it they must have won more than that they've won not many games in quite a long time <laughs> is what, what, no, they've won one game since the end of December something yeah. like that yeah. um, and that was against Huddersfield that I thought Charlie Adams' performance, we didn't talk about it on the show, I don't think, at the time, but Charlie Adams' performance at home to Stoke was, uh, sorry, at home to Everton was absolutely outrageous. Well, they've got the worst goal difference in the league. Yeah. And that matters down there because if you yeah. think about it, Southampton have got minus 18, Stoke City have got minus 32. That is, is you, you know, your, your league equivalent of, of away goals, or it's, it's almost like yeah. another point. And when it's yeah. that tight down there, that really does matter. And that goes massively against them. They need something. And Well, Marcus, they went for a run yeah. where they played Huddersfield, Watford, Bournemouth, Brighton, Leicester, and Southampton. And they mm. won one of them. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the sort of thing that's going to put you in the championship. Mm. Uh, 
this Spurs game is tough for them. They go away to West Ham. They're fighting for their lives. Uh, they play Liverpool. Still, it's, it's going to be very, very hard for them. Should Charlie Adam start shooting from corners? Well, this, this is the thing. Charlie Adam is the most irresponsible player in the Premier League. I mean, <laughs> every time he gets the ball, he shoots. Um, if it doesn't go his own way, he gets so petulant that he ends up getting himself sent off. I mean, it was, it was such an irresponsible performance for hit by him against Everton. Um, and then against Arsenal, I thought they looked okay in patches. I thought they did all right. But they, as you said, Marcus, they came out on the, on the wrong end of a 3-0. And so... You, know, you don't get any points for playing a right for periods of the game. You don't. So they, it's, it's hard to see them doing well against a team who play with such intensity that Spurs play with. All right then. Well, Luke Moore, let's have our best bet with Bet365. Let's have it indeed. This one comes from Rob Loveridge. Uh, and I'm going to read his email out because I had a bit of a... Um, actually, a ding-dong's probably overstating it, but Rob called me out on Twitter this week and said, um, uh, well, listen, I'll let him pick up the story. He says, hello. I will fight you in the octagon. Yeah. He said, hello, Ramblers. I have been frustrated in recent weeks with the lack of success in the bet of the week competition that you have been running, and another loss this week had me disappointed again. Uh, last week's bet of both teams to score in a game involving a team that has failed to score in 11 of their 15 away games this season against a team with the best goal difference in the bottom 11 looked like a non-starter, and so it proved. <laughs> My frustration Big. peaked. So I did what any right-thinking football fan would do. I had a pop at Luke on Twitter. <laughs> and believe me, that is more accurate than you know, Rob. Yeah. He said, but he suggested I have a crack at the better of the week business, and so here I am. Um, I think I just went back to him and said, look, have a go yourself, and I'll pick, I'll pick you. And he bloody well has. And he said, I've gone for both teams to score in both Everton v Liverpool and Man City v Man United at, I believe, 1.88 to 1. Mm. My logic is the better team in both of these fixtures face off on Wednesday night, uh, and faced off on Wednesday night, and, and tired legs means goals. I can't see Liverpool or Man City failing to score, but United will be desperate to secure at least a draw. Uh, I realise now I'm relying on Everton, which is foolish, yeah. but never mind that. Uh, let's hope the goals are flying on a Saturday for charity. Keep up the good work, Rob Loveridge, uh, aka the guy who called Luke out on Twitter. Well done, Rob. Um, he's <laughs> he's relying on Everton. Didn't the Rodden family rely on Everton? They did. Mm, yeah, never rely on Everton. Well, both teams are scoring both of these games. United v City and Everton v Liverpool is indeed 1.88 to 1. So £50 on that will return £144.49, pence, including stake, with all proceeds, of course, going to Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, you must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information, uh, go to begamblerware.org. I hope you do it, Rob. You've been a good sport about it. You, you chipped off on Twitter. You took it on the chin when I gave you a bit back. And here we are. <laughs> so fingers crossed it comes out uh, for, for the best and for the best for Prostate Cancer UK. Too. Go on, Robbo. Go on, son. Right, Thank what you. has Luke been asking the listeners this week, well, I wonder? Very quickly, before I do that... Um, I've been asked by Sam, the merchandise man, to say that we've still got some merch available at fcramble.com, limited edition t-shirts. They're great. Go check them out. That's fcramble.com. And also keep an eye on the Instagram this weekend because we're all going to Naples oy, oy. To, to watch Napoli v Chievo. Uh, and we'll be putting a lot of videos and, and stuff up there on Instagram and probably Twitter as well. So that is at Football Ramble on Twitter and at The Football Ramble on Instagram. Yeah, I might turn up. Yeah, we're still wondering whether Pete's going to be there or not. Yeah, um, uh, we hope he is. We've booked him in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he turns up. Yeah. There we are. Anyway. Uh, what has Luke been asking the <laughs> listeners this week, I wonder? You're in a hurry to get somewhere, uh-huh. and so instead of using public transport, you hail a taxi. As it pulls up, a footballer is driving it. <laughs> Who do you want it to be and why? Gareth yeah. Barry. First up, Peter Robson, Gareth Barry, experienced <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, there was loads of answers to this. I've just picked my favourites. Uh, Matt Wernham, Ungolo Kante, his ability to, yeah. to defy the laws of physics and be in two places at once is bound to come in handy. On the downside is he, he probably can't reach the pedals, uh, so might need wooden blocks on them, like short round in the Temple of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Uh, like who? 
short round in Let's the Temple of Doom. Let's not have the... Uh... No, but do your, um, do your Sean Connery from Indiana Jones. Oh, right. Oh, okay. right. That's not... It's a different uh, film, but it's the same franchise. Yeah, okay. Uh, Gandhi. Do Junior. Junior. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I was talking about Angolo Kante. Um, Michael Butterman, John Sitton, one of the few drivers who would allow me to bring my dinner with me on the journey. <laughs> He'd insist on it, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carl McKenna, Scott Parker. Yeah, good one. Nice. Um, Tony Brown, Andy Gray, if only for the get in sun when entering the cab. Oh, my goodness. And I'll finish with this one from Matt Williamson. Alan Neom, because his surname sounds like a car going fast. <laughs> <laughs> How about Paul Warexhaust? Paul Warexhaust. Yeah, it doesn't work on any level, really, no. does it? It's not even one of those ones that works and it's written down. Right, Stephen Carr, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say that. <laughs> well played, well Who played. Who's his brother, then? Who's his brother? Alan Stephen Carr. Stephen Carr. <laughs> <laughs> John Carver. There we go. Nice. Got one in there. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Bet365. Pete, did you have another one there? Limousine one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good. I was pregnant. I was pregnant with that. (laughs) Pregnant with a pun. I know. eh? It's all about releasing people to be who they are and restricting them when they go too far. Um, Yes, thank you very Uh, much. What about traffic to Wanyama? (laughs) <laughs> I'm pressing the button Yannick Carrasco um, yeah. which is you're never uh, going to beat lim- limousine won't. I don't think so no. um, say goodbye Luke Moore goodbye say goodbye Jimmy see ya say goodbye uh, PT car aerial Ortega mate <laughs> today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.